0: Hello everyone and welcome into episode 11 of the Big Ten Watchdog News podcast, the NCAA tournament preview. I am your host, I'm Graham Dinas.
1: And I'm Taylor Seymour.
0: Before we get into the preview of the tournament and the review of the Big Ten championship game, just like to plug all of our, our social medias uh, there in the links in the description of whatever platform you're watching us on. YouTube, Apple, or Spotify. Make sure that you check us out at each of those platforms. Give us a follow on Twitter and on TikTok. Like the video and subscribe to each of our platforms and give us a follow. Yeah. Um, let's just, yeah, let's get right into it with the Big Ten Championship review to start. Yesterday, 2 30 uh, Central on CBS. Purdue-Penn State, Purdue ekes out a 67-65 win where they were up 14 points with about five minutes to go, and they they really, really tried to blow this game.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, I thought for sure I could just turn it off and knew who would win at that point. Um, and then right as I was going to click the button to turn off the game, they just had like three turnovers in a row, and the game was one point. I mean they had I mean they were giving up layups to Penn State because they were just not inbounding the ball properly, which is once again pressure showing up and causing Purdue problems.
0: Yeah, that's like we talked about how in the Ohio State game there wasn't a whole lot of pressure that was put on the guards, but the writers game there was. This game it it reared the inexperience reared its ugly head once again. Um a lot of issues, especially like we said, down the stretch, inbounding the ball. Andrew Funk gets a tip, I think, or he gets ends up with the layup um maybe both i don't know good play to that brought it to a one point game i believe it was 64-63 at that point fletcher lawyer gets to the line 81% free throw shooter and he misses 3 out of 4 that's not a good sign he's he's kind of in his head his own head right now i can you can see it when you watch him just at the line from the field shooting threes he's a shooter and shots are not falling for him right now and, um, yeah, I hope that he has a good week of practice here and turns it around, because if not, Purdue could be in some serious trouble with a potential second-round matchup.
1: Yeah, and I think they might be anyways just by who they've got in there, but um, I think he's in his head a little bit with all those turnovers he was getting from the pressure. That that doesn't really help your shooting confidence, especially when you think you have the game wrapped up. You're, you're looking ahead to what's next, and uh, he was looking ahead to... Obviously, playing in the tournament, he's like, "Oh, I don't need these free throws," and then turns out you did need the free throws.
0: Penn State was absolutely gassed in this game, playing their fourth game in four days. Jalen Pickett wasn't; he was able to get to the rim some of the time, but he was he wasn't ever finishing. A lot of the th- three point misses were coming off front rim; they were short. You could just tell these guys didn't have their legs underneath them, and if they had, they definitely would have won because they played like the better team.
1: Yeah, I thought they played like the better team for most of the game, except for a stretch there um, in the first half and a short stretch in the second half, which was the 14 point difference with five to go. um, Because to be honest, that's not an overcomable amount as we saw, um, but it's not where you want to be when you know you're just as good as another team. If it, if that hadn't happened, I think they, they had an easy shot at taking home the title.
0: There's not a, there's not a amount that this Penn state team couldn't overcome on a good day. They just, the way that they play, they just play it differently than everyone else. They're chucking up all these threes. They can come back from any deficit. None of them are going to be insurmountable. What is insurmountable for them is trying to maintain and, I guess, contain Zach Eady because they just fed him the ball over and over again, kind of similar to Ohio State. Neither team really has any size. Edie went for 30 and 13. Um, Twelve makes on seventeen attempts from the field, which again ho hum for Zach Eady. It's just he is he's a good basketball player, but he's a a great basketball player because of his stature. Right? Is that is that the general consensus?
1: He's just tall.
0: Okay. <laughs> are you are you? I'm serious? kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I, okay. I think he's
1: in ploy, but
0: I I do he, too. Uh...
1: Yeah, it's – I mean, he didn't play much of this game really at all in the second half. He sat on the bench for a lot of time, which I think is kind of how they got back into it too.
0: Yeah, it's – He if he had these skills at 6'11", I would say he's a good Big Ten big man. He's leading this Purdue team to a four or five seed, but they're well coached and they have good pieces around him. But him being 7'4", is what makes him special. Right. That's kinda
1: the he's just tall argument. That's it's not good. even
0: not even the he's just tall, because he is good, but he isn't great unless he's tall.
1: I would say that's I'd say that's fair for him.
0: Yeah, I just it was absurd seeing Penn State like go up for all these rebounds because they don't have a guy on the court that's above six six. And just like if they go for the rebound and he's in the area, I feel like they're fouling him. And I'm not sure if these are like, you know, they're hitting him on the arm because that's as high as they can get type of rebounds or like what the deal was with that. But I just felt like there was a lot of kind of ticky tack fouls on loose balls. And just like, I feel like the way that he plays, he's, and we talked about this in the first episode, he's getting a lot of calls for someone who. Is probably going to be facing a deficit as far as calls go, just because of his stature.
1: Yeah, and it'll be different come Thursday or Friday, whenever they play. That's what I'm scared I about. I think they'll have a wake up call.
0: I don't. I don't think Texas Southern or 14 and 20 Texas Southern or not conference champions Fairleigh Dickinson are going to provide much of a challenge in that regard. Those are easily the two worst teams in the tournament. Um, but. Second round, they're playing on Sunday. If if they're able to win, I'd imagine they are, and that's when hey, I think. Hey, we
1: always said that, but UBC showed us that anything is possible.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I don't see it happening. It's a, like, what, one in 140 chances at this point?
1: 14 and 22, Texas Southern to the round of 32.
0: I, <laughs> I would – yeah. Bet the house. We made the the left leg argument or the left leg bet with Ohio State winning the tournament. I'll I'll match that if F or if Texas Southern is playing a second round game. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with the Big Ten championship. It was a really good game. I'm excited that Penn State made it that far. Um good for Coach Shrews and the guys, and we'll talk about their matchup here in a minute but first let's get into the snub of the tournament which is Rutgers absolutely I thought that they were a lock to get in after they beat Michigan and played Purdue close the committee didn't agree for whatever reason putting in a couple of West Coast teams in Arizona State and Nevada Uh, what are your thoughts Taylor?
1: I thought that the winner of the Michigan Rutgers game was going to get the last spot, whoever it was. So when Rutgers won, I thought, I don't, I didn't think they were firmly in, but I thought they were in. And to see them get snubbed by Nevada of all teams who ended the year on three very bad losses uh, kind of was interesting in my my mind.
0: It's, I feel like I like kind of in ways what the committee did because like Texas a and I feel like is vastly underseeded but I understand why because their non-conference was so so weak They're they're judging more based on the non-conference than I think they probably should be but they're trying to get teams to play competitive non-conference schedules and Rutgers is never a team that plays that good non-conference they get all their quality wins in the Big Ten play. Um, and then on top of that, you blow a double-digit lead with 90 seconds left against Minnesota. That is a killer. I think that might have been the dagger. It's that it definitely been the one that got Nevada out there. It, it definitely was. But then they turn around. They beat Michigan. They play a great game against Purdue. They're obviously one of the, whatever, 48 best teams, however many – auto bids you're putting in ahead of the eight or of the at-large teams I feel like they're definitely on the right side of that cut line they're better than teams that are in the field
1: I thought they should have been in but you can't be mad at anybody except yourself for a couple of the losses that you had that that you didn't get in
0: I yeah I agree but at the same time I mean Arizona State didn't do anything special Nevada well, Nevada, Nevada's last – they've lost three in a row, and their last game they got blown out by San Jose State. So, yeah, San I'm Jose State saying, is probably better than Minnesota. But I'm
1: regardless. not saying any of those teams that were in the last four in or first four out all couldn't have an argument to be in and both be out simultaneously. So, the community just had to pick four of them that they thought were the best.
0: Yeah, I'm – I'm just, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this Rutgers group, and it's, it's sad to me that they were not able to to get in. And, you know, did they deserve to be in? Maybe just because they could have played their way in, and they didn't. So they left a shadow of a doubt, and the committee ran with that and left them out. So unfortunate for the Big Ten, unfortunate for Rutgers, um, but the Big Ten still manages to get eight teams in. Starting with Maryland, who gets an eight seed in the South region with Alabama as the one. They're going to play West Virginia in the 8-9 game at eleven fifteen Central on CBS. And that matchup will be in Birmingham. Uh, what are you looking for in this one?
1: Um, Initially, when I saw it released, I was worried for Maryland. Upon doing research, I think they'll have a better shot than people were giving them credit for. Um, mostly just because West Virginia got in by being four games under 500 in the in conference play, which just blows my mind how they got a nine. It's
0: the Big 12 best conference in basketball.
1: Not and that's no shade on the Big 12, but I mean, come on.
0: I feel like West Virginia at a nine that's probably about where I had them. I'm not entirely sure where I have them on my bracket, and Maryland at an eight is the same way. Um, this West Virginia team is not exactly like Bob Huggins West Virginia teams in the past. They get up and down a lot. They're they have strong offensive pieces at the guard spots. Eric Stevenson, uh Ketrian Johnson, Emmett Matthews is kind of he, he plays the four, but he's probably a three. They've got Trey Mitchell as their five, but he shoots it. Um and then Joe Toussaint is kind of like the the head guard. Um it's a it's a it's a fun group they're really fun to watch i'm I haven't seen them do as much like full court pressure as the old press Virginia teams, but a very good group nonetheless and I am not ecstatic about Maryland's draw at all. I think West Virginia is probably. The better team, especially playing in Birmingham, which Maryland's not bad on neutral court. We've talked about that. They're bad on the road, but this West Virginia team is really good. I'm not, I'm kind of, again, it's an 8 9 matchup. I'm 50 50. Where do you stand?
1: Uh, I think I'm also 50 50. Obviously, it's 8 9, but um, <clears throat> it being, it'll probably be a defensive. You know, juggernaut game that is just, <laughs> uh, um, um, but uh, being in Birmingham is going to be bad for their uh, second round matchup because then it's basically a road game.
0: Yeah, that is that is very true. Alabama got very for, lucky for with either their draw. team,
1: in my opinion.
0: Yeah, um, if I'm making a pick for this one, it's going to come down to how well Jameer Young plays for Maryland. He is the catalyst for the, for the Maryland offense. He is what drives them offensively. And I think West Virginia just has more options offensively. And they're better coached. Kevin Willard has a strong track record of getting playing this 8-9 game and not winning. I'm going to pick West Virginia, I think.
1: I'm going to take Maryland, like, I'm 55-45 on that, maybe 60-40. Okay. I like Maryland because people are just solely for the fact that people are discounting them.
0: Yeah. I. It's going to be a good game regardless. Hope, I like this Maryland team a lot. Hopefully they're able to pull through and then challenge Alabama. We will see whenever we do our first round recap, second round preview show that will probably come out Saturday morning. All right, second matchup, 3.30 Central on Thursday on TBS in Des Moines, Iowa in the east region, in the east, are we in the west?
1: In the west. Is it the
0: west? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because Purdue's the east. The west region. Arkansas, Illinois. I'm going to read
1: – The Brett Bilama. Classic.
0: Oh, I, I didn't even think of that. That's a good call. Um, I'm going to read you the two lines of notes I have on this game, and I want you to tell me which team I'm talking about. A lot of young talent that did not live up to preseason expectations. Illinois? It's both. It's, it's I both. figured it was both. It's both. But... This Arkansas team, what they bring to the table, again, we're going to see a lot of Big Ten SEC matchups. At least I think there will there'll be three of them on Thursday. The SEC has athletes, is what they have. This Arkansas team has two really strong freshmen, um Anthony Black and Nick Smith, who are both projected top five picks in the NBA draft. Now Nick Smith's been dealing with a lot of injury. Um they have Ricky Council as kind of their leading scorer. Debo Davis, uh, Devonte Davis, has been hurt recently. I'm not sure if he's back or not um, because I wasn't able to watch their, their last game against Texas A&M. But they have just a lot of really, really good athletes that have dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, they finished 8-10 in the SEC, good enough for 10th, which... Take for that, take that for what you will. Um thoughts, Taylor.
1: Um, I haven't got to see much of Arkansas this year, um, in general, but I've upon filling out my bracket, I had just this was the last game I couldn't decide on because mm-hmm. I didn't know if I wanted Illinois to not make the second weekend off this game or off Kansas's game for the eighteenth year in a row now. And, you know, I just I just can't decide. But I think I'm a believer in muscle men. So, give me the hogs.
0: Congrats, by the way, on your three seed in the NIT. I hope that Toledo game is is a good one. It'll be electric. You know, I, I was I'm looking sure. at that the
1: other day. I was looking at that last night, and we could just bring home the banner.
0: I, where yeah, that that NIT banner is gonna look just. It, it's going to be the, the center point of, of Chrysler Center for years to come. Hunter Dickinson still, is... Uh,
1: still one more better than you'd, you'd is, hung in 18 years.
0: Is the, uh, he is the best big man in, in the NIT tournament. I love that. I love seeing that. I watch the NIT selection show. It's just hilarious. They get a, they give them like a half hour. Just read all the teams, say one thing about each of them, and move on. It's great. Anyway, back to this game. Um, This game has the potential to be the best game in the first round. And I think a lot of people would agree with that just because each of these teams have at their best are top 25 teams, top 15 teams at times. Um, Illinois, I think matches up with this Arkansas team better than a lot of other big 10 teams would because we can get out and run. We have athletes we can guard. Um, and so I, I'm going to pick Illinois for the sole fact of Brad Underwood. Brad Underwood does not lose first round games at Illinois. Um,
1: but he doesn't win second round games.
0: Second round game. I'm not so sure about, but this year, this year is different than the past two. The past two years we've been the, we've had expectations to make the sweet 16 as a one seed and then a four this year. You know it's house money if we can if we can knock Kansas off, which I will be put in a mental spiral during that game as a lifelong Kansas fan. Um, I'm I'm torn. There's no need one.
1: to worry, Graham. The Jayhawks are moving on.
0: I I tend to agree with that, but it's that is going to be a not very fun, 135 minutes for me but then after i as long as our, it's not arkansas then there's a 100% chance that one of my teams is making the second weekend so spin zone that's the the positive aspect on that well
1: i think i think it's a 100% chance anyways because we know illinois isn't but kansas will so
0: you can you can tip the scales any way you want if it's if it's kansas against illinois it's an 100% chance that either one of them is making the second weekend Um, So, yeah, first round pick. Go ahead.
1: I'll say one last thing on this matchup is it'll depend on how Mayer plays. I think he'll be the key to to this game. He's played rough in recent weeks.
0: I tend to agree with that because if we can get the Coleman Hawkins that we've gotten as of late, that's going to be huge. We need a good game from either Meyer or Dane Danger because each of those guys have – have been struggling coming down the stretch. Terrence has been good. Coleman's been really, really good. If one of those two guys is also good, then we have the better talent, the better scores, the better defense. So that is my hope is that we get one of those guys are in their bag um, and play a strong defensive game. So I'll pick Illinois to win this one. Hopefully they do. And then I can be, you know, put to death for an hour or for two and a half hours on Saturday. It's probably gonna be, I'm sure that if that is the matchup, maybe either matchup with Arkansas or Illinois, that will be a standalone game on Saturday. Cause those are those are some bigger markets.
1: I but, mean, yeah, I don't get to make that decision, but it's the, it's I could the imagine demand. I could see that it being an interesting one that they would look to do that with.
0: Yeah, the Des Moines game, so they'd probably, what, get Texas as well against whoever they're playing, which would be this A&M Penn State matchup, which we'll talk about in a couple games. So, yeah, I could definitely see that being the the standalone early games on Saturday. Um, okay, Auburn and Iowa, the Bruce Pearl game, 550 Central, TNT, Birmingham in the Midwest region. Now these <laughs> two t- – go Go ahead.
1: This is a, another tough draw for Big Ten eight nine seeds, and with it, I just feel so bad for Iowa because they deserve better than this. But they're basically playing an away game
0: in Birmingham. Very true. Um, these are this is going to be a clash of styles, which I guess you you see this a lot in the Big Ten. Um, Auburn yeah. is is a real muck it up team. They they play defense, but. It's kind of like a all over the place defense. They're not sound. They're just very athletic, and they put in a lot of hustle and effort there. It's not a very deep team. They they go, you know, they have five guys that score more than four points. Um, Janai Broom is one of the best shot blockers in the country. He's the transfer from Moorhead State from last year. He's he's solid. They've got Katie Johnson and Wendell Green as their their guard tandem and they're both you know undersized guards and so that will benefit Iowa, who has some size on the perimeter.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I think for Iowa, the key to the success, as we've talked about for the regular season and the Big Ten tournament, was just making shots because when they don't make shots, they their offense stalls heavily. And I think Auburn will take um, advantage of that if it happens. Or whoever they play, if they win this game, too. I mean, they live and die by the three. So if they find a team that's just really good defensively from the arc, it's going to be a long night for them. They might be on blowout watch.
0: Um, Iowa is, you can tell if Iowa is going to win this game by the first media timeout. If, they, if they're if they winning 9-2, to it's over. They've already won.
1: Yeah, uh, I think if they're not, if and if Fran doesn't give a stare down again by the second media timeout, flip the channel. There's a better game on. They're going to get blown out.
0: Yeah, except I believe that this is the first game of the late window for the um or the for the Thursday games. So wait like twenty minutes, and then you can flip it to whatever game is starting after. I'm not sure. I'm
1: sure the Bachelor's on or something crazy like that
0: on a Thursday. During the tournament, no way, no way. Um, yeah, it's clash of styles. We've seen the team that I'd compare this Auburn team to in the Big Ten is a Rutgers type team, maybe a little bit better, just better athletes. Um, but Iowa handled Rutgers both times they played, so that's a good sign, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, I think they really do have a shot, um, to win this game and, and the next, like I said, but they're gonna need offensive help because we know they have no defense
0: yeah all i was big on auburn whenever i was making this pick i might change my pick and go with iowa to make the second round and play on saturday but i don't think they're going to beat houston but they can win this one i think
1: houston's down with some injuries though yeah, i mean saturday. as we saw when they played memphis but i don't I'm know not, if that's yeah. I'm not taking for i would game. overcome memphis is much more athletic than iowa
0: yeah by, uh, yeah, and so is Auburn, but it's, it's all about making shots, which, again, Chris Murray, Peyton Sanford, um, Patton, Connor McCaffrey, these guys have to make shots. And Iowa plays really
1: good on the, at home. Um, On the road, they're like 50-50, and this is basically a true road game for them. Like I said earlier, being in Birmingham, which is probably like an hour from Auburn, um, I think they might struggle. If the crowd is raucous, that's,
0: that's true. And Auburn is probably going to travel pretty well. They have a, the jungle is is pretty strong, that fan base. So
1: I'll take Auburn here.
0: Okay. I, I could go either way with this pick. Now, you know, you re brought up the, this is going to be essentially a road game for them. I can, I can definitely see it going either way. I'll stick with my Iowa pick, but. I don't know. If you ask me again tomorrow, I may change my mind. Okay. Game number 4 of the Big 10 on Thursday is in Sacramento on True TV. 6:35 Central. Boise State and Northwestern. Boise State out of the Mountain West. Pretty pretty solid defensive group. They they finished second in the Mountain West, lost in the semis of their conference tournament to Utah State. Um any thoughts on this one, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think Northwestern was just got hot at the right time during the regular season. Not to say that they're a bad team at all, but I don't know if they are made for March uh, good. And for that, I think, I don't know, Boise State's going to play defense. They're going to be ready to go. Um, that's kind of what they do. And I don't know if Northwestern – Northwestern beats you with their offense. I think, you know, with Bowie and Adige, yeah. Um, Although their defense is nothing to shake a stick at either. They they completely turned that around, and that's why they had so much success there against some of the best teams. Um, but I I think this might be closer than people think it is for a 7-10. It might be closer to an 8-9 coin flip.
0: I have a strong aversion to the Mountain West. That being said, or in the tournament, I like the Mountain West. I think it's a great league, but in the tournament, it's hard for me to pick them personally. Um, just, I mean, last year you saw it, Colorado State, San Diego State, Boise, and then probably Utah State. I think they went 0-4. I think those were the four. Um, it wasn't pretty, and I was a firm believer. I'm no longer a firm believer in just the conference in general. That being said, this game is going to be a first to 58 is going to win.
1: Yeah, I think both teams really focus on the defensive end. That being said, I don't know. All four of these first games are really true toss-ups just because the Big Ten was so mid this year. Um, I mean, my heart wants to pick Northwestern just because they were the dandy of, of the Big Ten season. But I don't know. I think, I think the Mountain West will redeem themselves. I'll take Boise State in this one. That's tough.
0: I'm going with Northwestern again, just I think this Boise state team is really good, probably better than Northwestern, if I'm being honest, but in a March setting, I guess it, it's also in Sacramento, but it's not like Boise and Sacramento are is a fun drive for, you know, two and a half hours. That's a, that's a haul. So I'll pick Northwestern. I think that they're. Audison and Bowie are going to score if Brooks Barnheiser has a good game or Ty Berry, or if they have a third guy that can come off the bench or step into a role where they're putting up 12 points, then they're going to win this game. And so I'll yeah, go with Northwestern. I don't,
1: go. I don't think this means the Cats can't win this game. Even They might even be favored when the odds come out, but I think, I don't know, I think Boise State just has a better chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they're probably a better team. Um but, yeah, I'm going to go with Northwestern. Not a whole lot of faith that they're going to make a second weekend either if they're staying around matchups UCLA. So we'll see. If they get there, we'll talk about that in the next one. All right, and then the final game of Thursday is another, probably the at least one of the two best games of the first round, in my opinion, with Arkansas, Illinois, A&M, Penn State, also in Des Moines. 8.55 on TBS. Um, I'll let you start on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know how Penn State's going to play. Obviously, we've seen it all year. Booty ball madness is coming to March, like I said. Um, people were, were saying Texas A&M was under but uh, as we discussed earlier, they really had no out-of-conference anything, and they lost to some teams that had a pulse. Um, I don't know. I mean, they finished really good in the SEC which, again, is a good basketball conference this year, but I don't know. The the Penn State, the way they play, and I think the way that Shrewsbury can scheme for this game, knowing who it is and the teams that they've lost to, I think Penn State has a really good shot for the upset here.
0: Again, we've talked about this with Iowa and with Illinois and Northwestern. The, every team that made it from the Big Ten is good enough. To win to make a second weekend they can they have to be hot and we've seen in the past that the like the ball is different in the tournament and the rims are different and the court's different just all these like it's a different game especially the ball I think was the big issue last year people hated the ball Um and so Penn State being so dependent upon kicking and making threes whereas Texas A&M can get to the rim they have again we uh talk about the matchups that Purdue was an awful matchup for Penn State because of Zach Eady. it's not quite the same because they don't Texas A&M doesn't have anyone over 68 so
1: which is but, really helpful for Penn State
0: Yeah they've got Julius Marble remember Julius Marble Michigan State Yeah mm-hmm. they have Henry Coleman who's all right um, but their strength is in the guard play. Wade Taylor, the fourth, Tyrese Radford are maybe two of the five best guards in the SEC. Um, so that's where that's the strength of this A team. I think that they're underseeded, even with a week out of conference schedule. I had them before the Alabama game as like a four. So, I think that this A team. I have, in a lot of my brackets, AM and making a Sweet 16, and in some of them I think I might even have them in a Final Four. Um, I think this team's really good. My issue is, in the past, I feel like people tend to drink the Kool-Aid on teams that are hot in their conference tournament, and it, they take four days off or whatever, and they're not hot anymore. So that's something I'm scared about for Penn State.
1: I mean I could say Texas A&M is the same way they they both teams made their championship game of their conference tournament.
0: But A&M was 15 and 3 in the SEC and fighting for a top 4 seed most people thought whereas Penn State was the 10th seed in the Big 10 and finished 500 in league play. So
1: I mean a league play where eight other teams finished one game over 500. So pretty much everybody was the same at that point. Yeah,
0: but they... I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't know. If, I like it. I think it, I think one thing Texas A&M is going to be motivated for is um, if they win this game, we can get a Texas, Texas A&M second yeah. round game. And I think they're going to really want to play for that to show who the better te- team in Texas is. But I don't know. I, I still think Penn State has the best odds of the, what is that, five games on Thursday for the Big Ten to move on to the second round, in my opinion.
0: I disagree with that. I'm not, again, I'm not particularly fond of any of these matchups for these Big Ten teams. But I'm going with a with, uh, with AM. I just, a ms I just think the best team that any of these, that any of the Big Ten teams have to play. I don't think it's particularly close. I don't think Auburn is great. I think Arkansas is good. I think Boise is pretty good. I think West Virginia is accurately seated. I think A&M is definitely the the best team that any Big Ten team is going to have to play in this tournament, not in this tournament, in this round. So I'm going to go with A&M to win this one. I think that, again, they're fueled by the the rivalry game with Texas, and I think that this Texas A&M team could make a run. To I just the-
1: don't see it the happening. Team. They they lost to early, I guess. Okay, so earlier in the season they lost to some teams that were good. Then they went 15-3 and three in the SEC, so this team, I don't know. They're kind of up and down. Now they're going to have another break. I like the Nittany Lions. I think I think Booty Ball is, is moving on.
0: This pick pains me. I, I love Penn State. I've loved them all year, except for when they play Illinois and beat us every time. Um, every game just but imagine, three, I've rooted for them.
1: Just imagine what we could see if we got, like, a Booty Ball Elite Eight run or something.
0: I'd love it. You know it. how awesome that would be? Personally. I- I would be a huge fan of that,
1: but I mean, this, we know we know how Pickett and the and Penn State play. But imagine if that's on like a national stage.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean it was on prime time on CBS right before the selection show, and that was when they were playing their best game was right before the show. So, but yeah, I I understand completely what you mean. I just this this A and M team is the they're a, they're a five seed, and Penn State is accurately seated as a ten. So. I'm picking am picking a I hope Penn State is a Final Four. I hope Penn State wins the championship, but I just personally don't see it with this first-round matchup. Okay, moving on to Friday's games. You could argue that the three best teams in the conference play their games on Friday. Um, the one that you'd maybe not argue is Michigan State, who plays... Maryland opens all tournament games on Thursday. Michigan State plays the first game on Friday. They will play USC. That's a tough draw for USC. Fans, at least. They're playing at 9.15 Pacific time, AM. That's awful for USC. I didn't realize that at all. Sorry, USC. Um, In Columbus, the game will be on CBS. Um, USC, their best players are their guards. You've got Boogie Ellis at the one, who... Kind of drives the ship for them, and then Drew Peterson is kind of like their their secondary scoring option. He's a shooter. Um, this USC team just they're not mid, but they just don't jump off the page at you. They're they're good. Um, they finished fourteen and six in the Pac twelve, good enough for third, but got beat by Arizona State in their first, um, their first game in the Pac twelve tournament. What are you What are you expecting in this one?
1: Contrary to everything Bill Walton has ever uttered from his mouth, I think that the Pac-12 is a weak conference when on a national scale. I mean, they're great when they play each other because they're all about the same, so there's great games. But when it comes to playing in, in tournaments, I I think the Pac-12 is overrated at times. Um, That being said, this game is also in Columbus, which is a very familiar city for anyone in the Big Ten. So I think Michigan State will feel right at home playing in this game. And with it being at 9 a.m. to what USC is normally used to, um, I think they might struggle a bit. So I think I I like State in this first game.
0: I agree. I'm going to pick Michigan State just because, like I said, USC doesn't have anyone that really jumps off the page at you. And if they can find a way to contain Boogie Ellis. Um, I see I see a lot of success coming from Michigan. Michigan State, State has State.
1: some guys who can guard. I think I think that's easily I think, away.
0: yeah. I mean, Hogard is strong defensively, and I think Jay Nakins is is a pretty strong defender as well. So they have guard play on the perimeter defensively. So that's what they need. This Michigan State team is a it's an interesting It's an interestingly built team, but just I feel like they don't have any true studs. We've talked about this, but this team might be the best assembled team for March in the conference. Outside of maybe Illinois, but Illinois is just so up and down, like as in terms of a team that's built to make a run. You need guards and you need, you know, forwards that can. You know, at least one four that can give you buckets. You got Malik Hall and Joey Hauser. Um, they don't have any NBA guys. Is the issue, and I feel like that's been kind of one of the the traits that is required from these teams that make runs. But the guard play, the veteran, the veteran leadership and guard play is certainly there.
1: Yeah, for the past ten years, you really needed an NBA guard uh, to go deep in March. Them not having one doesn't mean they can't win the first game, but I don't know if they're the best suited team to go deep and march from the Big Ten.
0: I think compared to their their seed line, I think if if you were going to make a smart, maybe not a smart bet, but maybe the most efficient bet, this would be your pick to make a Final Four. But, and I have them in one of my Final Fours because the bracket that they're in, their region in the East, I'm not a huge fan of at all. Um.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think the East is the most, probably the most up in the air region. But I still don't think that I that Michigan State is going to come out of it on top. I mean, do you not, really think do you really think they are? Or are you just saying they have the best chance of I, anybody I, to come out on top, but not that they will for certain?
0: I just think that they have a decent shot at it as a seven seed. Just that region, I don't want to come out and say like they're my pick to go out of the region, but they they're capable and there are a lot of tough draws for a lot of teams in the big 10, but Michigan state, I think has a pretty easy draw relative. What are you picking in this game? We're going Sparty.
1: I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking Spartans. Got okay. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that I'm taking the Michigan state Spartans.
0: Yeah. Spartans over Trojans.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, And their Cigarron matchup would be against likely Marquette, unless if the Catamounts pull off an upset, which we'll get into the Catamounts later because we're going to have some upset picks, and I I don't hate that pick, personally. All right, 550 Central uh, in the same block as the Auburn-Iowa game on Thursday on TNT in Columbus as well. Purdue will take on the winner of the first four game between Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. How much time do you want to spend on this? Eight seconds or eleven seconds?
1: Uh, we can go for eleven, just because I want to say if fourteen and twenty, whatever Texas Southern comes out of this Fairleigh Dickinson game, watch out for the UMBC game again. Texas Southern moves on.
0: No, simply no. <laughs> this Purdue team, the Fairleigh Dickinson did not win their league. Texas Southern. Finished below 500. This is these are the two worst teams in the field by a landslide. Semo is significantly better than both of these teams, um, and Purdue is going. Zach Eadie might go for 48 and 26 in this game, and then may get shut out against Memphis. But we'll talk about that because they. This is the one team that I can sit here for certain and say. We'll talk about them in the next one.
1: You think you think it's that certain.
0: It is. I, th- I, I don't think, think it's. I don't think it's certain for anyone but Purdue.
1: I don't think Zach Eadie is ready for the officiating that comes from the NCAA March Madness tournament, and for that reason, I am taking. Okay, I'm taking the Boilermakers. Let's yeah, get
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a strong pump fake. I'm a fan of that. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about Purdue in the next one more because they'll have a, a more competitive matchup. The final Big Ten team in the field is Indiana. They'll take on Kent State at 855 Central on TBS. They play in Albany, which is kind of a tough draw. But I was looking at it, and none of the top 16 seeds are are true Northeast teams, except maybe Connecticut. So so I guess you know, Indiana may have been the last four seed, and so they just got stuck up there in Albany. Um, but they'll play Kent State, which is a strong Midwest battle. Um, this Kent State team is definitely the best of the 13s whenever because like for my for the bracketology that I did and I posted our bracket every once in a while the seed lines for the teams that were on the bubble and basically the the one, the two, and the three were pretty safe and then about four through eleven you could there's a lot of discrepancy with how my metric did it compared to how most people did it, um, but once you got into the automatic qualifiers from the mid majors and low major teams, it was pretty spot on. I, I think I might have missed like one seed line. So Kent State is the best 13 seed. Indiana is going to be challenged by the best team in the MAC, who is 28 and six. I think they're really good defensively. Um, they have the player of the year in the conference and sincere carry. And I, this is not a gimme for Indiana in any sense of the the phrase.
1: No, I don't think I don't think any game in March is really a gimme. Um, and Except certainly, isn't, whoever they certainly play. isn't anymore since UBC pulled the you know craziest game I've ever seen in my life. So now the 16 seed also has a win. So every seed does, but I don't know. I think I I like what Woodson can do, and I think Indiana people are don't think they're as as good as they people are giving them less credit than they should just because of where they finished in the in a mid big 10 but I think Woodson will have this team ready for March you could see them go deep
0: I think that they're capable again I said I like Michigan State's draw I think Indiana is probably the best built team for a final four run at this current juncture that being said I also could see them falling at any point and that's that's just the kind of the way the tournament goes but this indiana i like i'm not certain there are teams in the past that i've been certain like this team is at least a second weekend team this team is definitely making a final four i have no certainty with this indiana team
1: yeah they've played inconsistently but who hasn't in the big 10 so i mean even purdue there had what two three week stretch they lost three three games or something yeah, so they got the court storm back to back to back times.
0: I mean, that's what this year is just a conundrum for bas- for college basketball, and that's I think it's the portal is what's doing it because there's no true team that has a leg up on any other team. All the one seeds, I'm gonna say are fairly equal. um and in the past, it's been now seven years since a non one seed has won the tournament. But this year could definitely be the year because there's so much parity going around. We just saw Texas blow Kansas out of the water, and there are two. Then again, the last time Texas won the Big 12, they got bounced in the first round by Abilene Christian. You're familiar with that game.
1: I am, yes. Yeah,
0: so that was – that was. you never know in March is what I'm trying to get at. And so this, this Kent State team is one of the strongest um, mid-majors in the field. And they can exploit this matchup, I think, potentially.
1: I mean, anyone can do that, but I still think the Hoosiers win this game. It may not be as comfortable as they want, but I like Indiana.
0: I'll also pick Indiana. I'm hyping up Kent State. I think this Kent State team is really good. I don't think they're going to win this game, um, but they can is essentially what I'm saying, and their chances are probably better than what people are going to give them credit for.
1: Yeah, no, I think it'll be a close game. It might be five points when the final buzzer sounds, which is nothing to scoff at for Kent State at all. I mean, Indiana's a great team with a great history, but I think the Hoosiers will come out with it in the end.
0: Okay, so those are our picks for the first-round games for all the Big Ten teams. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how the Big Ten goes this year, because the past two years, the Big Ten has been the juggernaut. They're getting nine, ten, I think maybe nine teams both years, um, all pretty highly seeded, and then not having success this year, eight teams. Not having so. success
1: except for the Wolverines, who had to carry the Big Ten on their back the past couple of years, making an Elite Eight and Sweet 16 the only team to do so.
0: And so zero final fours for the conference in the past two years. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they just this year you're seeing, I mean, produce the one and then no one else is a you know real threat at this point. So we'll see if the conference as a whole kind of plays more loosely um, and can win some games and see if we can have some underdogs like Penn State or Northwestern make a run. I'm not particularly hopeful, but you never know with this conference, just the most, the biggest enigma in all of college sports and maybe all of North American sports is the Big Ten basketball. Which That's what makes it so great. Can we talk about how happy the Sickos are in the Big Ten this year? I mean, we had the whole Big Ten West debacle in the football season. That was, you know, just probably the best side of a conference ever. And then this year's Big Ten outside of Purdue where no one is good and everyone's good. It's everybody awesome.
1: Needed, everybody needed the last day of the conference to know where the, whether or not they would be playing on a Wednesday or a Friday.
0: Yeah. Congrats. Congrats to all the sickos out there. This is this is for you guys. Um, we, we are sickos ourselves.
1: So. I'm a certified sicko. Yeah.
0: All right. Now let's move on to we've talked about the Big Ten for long enough. Um, Let's open it up to the entire field and give some teams that we like to do certain things, starting with a 13 or higher seeded team that can pull off a first round upset. I can start with this one. I talked about Kent State a lot. I think that they're certainly a team. I have one for each of the non-16 seed lines. So Kent State as a 13, I think, is certainly capable and the most likely of all the 13 seeds on the 14 line. I like Kennesaw state a lot. They're the team that I had as a 13 seed. <clears throat> um, they got seated as a 14. They flipped <laughs> with um who they flip with. This is bad. Furman, maybe. I think I had Furman as a 14. So I think that this Kennesaw state team, they're playing Xavier. I think Kennesaw State is capable of pulling off an upset there. And then on the fifteen line, I like Vermont against Marquette. I talked about that pick. Um, I I like Marquette, but they aren't super elite as far as athletic. Athletically, they're not special. They can, like Vermont can compete athletically. Um, they've been in the tournament the past several years. Vermont has. They've had a lot of bad matchups with I'm trying to think they played Florida state and they had a lot of size. Um, I can't remember who they played last year, but a lot of size traditionally, I feel like, and this Marquette team has some size, but they're not huge. And so I'll go with my picks are Kent state, Kennesaw state, Vermont. Taylor.
1: All right. I'll go. Um, I'll start with one that I think is less obvious. <clears throat> and that is going to be the louisiana tennessee game tennessee is without their um without their point guard their star point guard and i think that caused them problems late in the season as you saw and so i wouldn't be surprised if louisiana can pull that one off um additionally i think we have um a virginia team that is going to run into a very similar problem they did with unbc in which Virginia does not score a lot of points because they want to just play you, like, dog you on defense. And Furman likes to score. If Furman's hot, it could turn into another one of those where just offense beats defense in that game and and Furman moves on.
0: I, I like both of those picks, and it's not really because of the teams that are pulling the upset. I'm not a huge fan of either Louisiana or Furman but I think that Virginia and Tennessee are both very vulnerable. And this Virginia team, like I said, they've built their identity on defense. And this team is is good, not great defensively. They have to be more effective offensively. Um, they, since 2018, I guess, since they lost to UMBC, every tournament they've been in has either been a championship or a first-round exit. So that is a, a sign maybe for them. And then, yeah, like you said, Tennessee losing their guard play, they just don't have anyone who can score. They're very, very strong defensively, but they don't have anyone who can who can score the ball. And so their second-round matchup would be against, if they were to win, against Duke or Oral Roberts. And I think that if Tennessee ends up getting a matchup with Purdue in the Sweet 16, that – Tennessee would definitely cause Purdue a lot of problems. But I don't foresee them getting there because of their lack of ability to score, especially now at the guard spot. Okay, next question. Double-digit seed that can make the second weekend a Sweet 16 or beyond. Taylor?
1: One team we've already discussed, I think the Penn State Nittany Lions – have like the best pick. have the best Big Ten shot um that is not a one seed to maybe to make a sweet 16 or further. Um I think against Texas AM they match up pretty well. And then if they play Texas or Colgate, I think both of those are easily doable if they can turn it on like they did during the Big Ten tournament. Um a sleeper pick, and I'm gonna have to go against a a Big Ten team here. I think Boise State. Can do it. If Boise State beats Northwestern, then they're going to play either UNC Asheville or a injury-ridden UCLA team. And I like Boise State to be another team that can make it.
0: That's interesting. I I agree with you on Penn State. That's a, that's a that's a pick right there that I like. Um My other pick is Drake out of the valley.
1: You think the Valley is going to have some success?
0: The Valley tends to play very well in March. I know last year was not one of those years because Loyola could not score against Ohio State in that first round. Um, But in the past, the Valley has had a lot of success in the first round. They have an above 500 record in the first round, despite being the lower-seeded team like every time. Um, They play Miami, who it's not a great matchup, but – then if they win, they're getting either Indiana or Kent State. And I think that Drake could give TJD some problems just because it's a different style that he's not used to seeing. Just the Valley is good. I watched Drake play all the way through the Valley tournament, and they looked unstoppable. They have a week of rest that no one that almost no one else has. So the Valley is always a good pick. That is my pick. And then they'd play Houston and probably get crushed. That is my double digit seed that can make the Sweet 16. What about a, a not top three seed? So four or higher seed that could make a final four run?
1: I've got two prospects I'm looking at for this one as well. One of them is a Big Ten team in Indiana, as we talked about, as I talked about earlier. I thought um Indiana is built with Mike Woodson and TJD to, to go deep. Um and then an outside pick, I think the athletes and what they've shown, what they showed in their conference tournament, Memphis out of the East is a good, at an eight seed making the final four there is a good one.
0: I really like that East region for this pick because I am, I have not bought into Purdue. We've talked about Purdue over and over again as being a, a final four team. And so Michigan state, we talked about, I think that they're the way they're constructed, they could do it potentially. Um Duke is in that region, and Duke's hot. Um, I like Memphis. Um, Kentucky's in that region. I don't think Kentucky will do it, but they're in that region. Um, Texas A&M is a pick that I have just because of how good they've been lately and how underseated they are. I like their path. I think that as long as they can get past Penn State, I think that they can definitely beat Texas. I think they can beat Xavier, and then I think they can beat Houston. I think it's it's doable for them um I really really like this Connecticut team to make a final four but I don't like their matchups along the way so I'm not like that's a team that I think is good enough to but I don't think that they will and then my my actual pick for this question is going to be Creighton as a six they, remind me the most of the Carolina team from last year. They're starting five in Alexander Nimhard, Arthur Kaluma, Baylor Shireman, and Ryan Kalkbrenner is arguably the best in college basketball. And they come in as a six seed because they were playing without Kalkbrenner for like six games in December and lost all of them. So they got off to a, a slow start, and they're being penalized for that. But they have a lot of talent. They would have to go through a lot of teams that they're already familiar with on their way to the Final Four. Um, and, yeah, if they, they shorten up the rotation and they go six, seven guys, they, are, they have all the talent to make that run. And I think the bottom half of their bracket's easy. They just have to beat Alabama, which I think they can
1: I think Alabama is very beatable. They've shown it of late. They had so many close games, even at home, that they just, you know, eked out in the end. I think they're. I think it's doable.
0: There, yeah. There's not a true team in this bracket that I think is like a Final Four lock, and that gets us into our next question, which is who is going to win the tournament? Who is your pick as of nine forty three a.m. On March thirteenth, on Monday, who are you looking at to win this tournament?
1: This is a tough one. Um, I think some of the best shots to win the tournament are some of the two seeds. Um, I think Texas is playing really hot right now. Um, if if Memphis and Marquette, like I said earlier, Memphis it has the chance to make the final four, I think that is gonna be the Elite Eight matchup. If Marquette happens to win that game, I like them um but there's no real consensus i don't think national champion pick this year that is just stands out so much
0: completely agree yeah um like i mentioned earlier it's been since the 2016 villanova team since a non one seed has won this tournament I don't like Purdue, and we've we've talked about that. I don't like Alabama. We've talked about that. I think it's going to be either Houston or Kansas. I don't like Houston
1: if they are going to have these injured guys not continue to play.
0: I agree. If Marcus Sasser's out for the tournament, that's not a good look for them.
1: So I think the only one seed that has a chance is Kansas. But then again, when was the last time we had a repeat champion? So I don't know if I like any of the one seeds.
0: 15 years ago. I think that Kansas is... Out of the one seeds that are built, probably the they're definitely the safest bet, I would say. They're also probably the best, the most well constructed roster according to the formula of this is how you win games in the tournament. They have Jalen Wilson, who's a veteran guy. DeWan Harris is one of the best guards in the country, and then Grady Dick is NBA talent as a freshman. Um I think that they're capable. The only thing that scares me about Kansas is their draw, because every round after the first is going to be a huge challenge.
1: Yeah, nothing's safe. They'll get UConn, St. Mary's, or VCU after having either Arkansas or Illinois. All three of those teams can give them problems. Um, Gonzaga and UCLA out of the bottom bracket. And TCU.
0: TCU. TCU beat Kansas by 20 earlier in the season. So. That it's a tough bracket. Luckily, they don't have to play everyone in the bracket. They have to just be better than everyone four times to get to the final four. So I'll I'll go with Houston or Kansas. And then a sleeper pick is Texas Southern. No. <laughs> I'll go UCLA. And there are two ways to go about UCLA because teams that have dealt with key injuries in the past have both, like the Virginia team that got bounced by UMBC, they lost DeAndre Hunter right before the tournament and then got beat by 20. Now, does he win that game for them? Probably not. That was a 20-point drumming. Um, But then there are other teams that lose their guys and they make runs. And I think this UCLA team is well-equipped for the tournament. They have, again, elite veteran guards, and Tiger Campbell, they have NBA guys. Well, they did have NBA guy in Jalen Clark, Um, but they have Jaime Jaquez who gets you buckets. He's a veteran leader. So UCLA is a team that I like, but again, same region as Kansas and Gonzaga and TCU, and they're going to have to play at least two of those teams probably. I think that whoever comes out of that tough West region is going to probably end up winning this tournament in Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, Connecticut, Illinois, probably is going to get out of that region. If I had to pick one, I think it's probably going to be Illinois. And so they're probably my, the, the favorite to win the title. Um, that's I'm the sorry, best region.
1: What? I'm sorry, what?
0: No, you heard me.
1: I I don't think I did. You heard me
0: exactly. Illinois is the favorite to win the title. Whoever gets out of that region Is is my pick. Once it gets to the final four, they have they let you do the second chance bracket with just the sweet sixteen teams. Whenever it comes to the third chance bracket for the final four teams, um, if the team that comes out of that region is Boise State, they're my champion. All right,
1: Boise State's got a good shot. I think. I think. I mean, Northwestern, and then I think they can get a UCLA on a bad night. From there they just need a couple of the teams at the top to lose and they're they're through
0: if that ends up being the region that if you remember back to 2018 in the the virginia region where they got bounced that was the region that loyola came out of but the the, the sweet 16 teams were k-state and kentucky and loyola and nevada like five seven nine and eleven if this ends up being that region I will be irate. That will be like the coldest take I've ever had is that pick right there. So. All right. That's our first round tournament preview. We'll be back with the recap of the first round of games and previewing whoever's left for the second round, which may be no one because Texas Southern is elite. Um, any final thoughts, Taylor?
1: March is upon us. Let's go watch some great basketball and root for the Big Ten.
0: No sleep. Sleep in May, as John Rostein always says. Um, Yeah, this this weekend is the best of the year. It's really fun. Take advantage of the multitude of games that are going to be played in the next six days because – it's the most basketball that we'll get until this time next year. So I'm excited. It's a shame
1: that it only happens once a year.
0: It is. As long I mean, as long as it stays at 68, like I'm i I'm always a fan of more games, but I don't need to see 96 teams that we we can talk about that in the offseason. That's a that's a good topic for an offseason video. All right. Before we wrap it up. Just want to plug all of our socials again. The links will be in the descriptions of whatever you are watching us on, whether it is YouTube, Apple, or Spotify. Make sure you visit the other platforms. Give us a subscribe, a like on the video, a follow on Apple or Spotify. Um, Give us a follow on Twitter as well for the tournament. That is where we will be the most active. I say it in every video. Twitter is the place to give us a follow for sure. And then give us a follow on TikTok as well. We'll have some clips coming for there. And then maybe some during the tournament, just some initial snap reactions to the Big Ten being posted on TikTok. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you on Saturday for the second round preview.